This is Carl Palachuk, and you're listening to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast, and I'm joined today by Alan Convoy, who is the office of the CTO at Scale Computing. So let's start by describing what the hell that is. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out, Carl, but thanks for having me on. Long story made short, I, I do a little bit of everything from new platform design and prototyping to, you know, looking at what the needs of the SMB market space not are just now, but also what they will be over the next three to five years from an infrastructure perspective. All right. So tell us a bit about, um, you know, what is scale and, you know, kind of the 30,000 foot view? I think some people have seen scale at various events, but a lot of people haven't. Sure. You know, scale computing, a long time ago, we set out to do something very, very different. You know, everybody plus brother plus dog in the IT world loves to focus their time, effort, and energy on the needs of the Fortune 50, on the needs of the hallowed halls of Wall Street. But that's not where that's not where the rest of us live. That's not where the real world is. So what we set out to do was build a platform that would bring highly available virtualization, fault tolerance, etc., to the rest of the world. Make it easy to use, easy to manage, highly fault tolerant could lose any component anywhere at any time and just keep running, but most importantly, be autonomous, self-heal, self-load balance, so that you didn't need to have a VCP and a CCNE and a SNEA certified storage engineer on staff, but rather you know, your average Windows admin could pick it up and run with it from out of the box to running their infrastructure in less than an hour without needing any extra training. So that's what we went out and built, was virtualization for the real world. So are these uh, virtual, virtual devices, or is it some service I buy in the cloud? No, no, no. Definitely not a service you buy in the cloud. Um, you know, the Chinese finger trap that is the cloud doesn't really, you know, it's great, again, for the Fortune 50, maybe even the Fortune 500. But at the end of the day, in the small, medium enterprise space, you know, People need to have control. They need to have things in front of them. So we chose to take an appliance-based approach. And the, the net outcome of this effort for us was we built something called HC3. You may have heard of the term hyperconvergence. Well, hyperconvergence, or HCI, was a coin that was tar- termed specifically to describe Scale's HC3 platform. It's a virtual infrastructure that's essentially turnkey, that you can bring in, virtualize your environment, have high availability, fault tolerance, disaster recovery, everything built in, but done at a price point that makes sense. A fraction of the cost of what it was traditionally. So, and uh, what's the, uh, the hardware base of this? So, there's actually several, several entry points here ranging from at the highest of the high, um, very large Lenovo servers, all the way down to the Intel NUC, and everywhere (laughs) in between. 
As a matter of fact, after seeing what we were doing with HC3 uh, several years ago, the good folks over at Google approached us to partner with us to bring HC3 into the Google Compute Platform. So literally it's one platform that runs from something as small as a pack of smokes, if you will, all the way up to Google and everywhere in between, that you don't need to be an expert. It's novice friendly. Very cool. So uh, walk us through what does uh, the average, I guess, quote look like for a small business? You know, an average small business has need for maybe half a dozen to a dozen virtual machines doing everything from inventory control or uh, tracking databases, Active Directory, all of that kind of stuff. So a simple infrastructure to support all of that, even one that's you know using flash drives, SSD-based, etc., literally out of the gate at under 20 grand for a three-node cluster. All right. And so who do you generally work with? Is it managed service providers or old school VARs or you know, how do you, how do you define your, your clients? So. Well, we're a 100% channel company, okay? We focus on the needs of our channel partners, some of which are MSPs, some of which are the large DMRs, the, the CDWs and uh, connections of the world. Some are the, the local, you know, old VAR approach, everywhere in between. We focus 100% of our energy from a, you know, reach into the market space through the channel, always have. All right. And um, one of the things that, that you guys offer is this backup, the Acronis backup. Oh, yes. How, how is that different than me just buying Acronis from Acronis or uh, through Ingram or whatever? Okay, so what we've done there, I spent the last five or six years really looking at finding who the right partner was to you know, participate with us in the expanded backup range. Okay, Understand that we already build the DR into HC3. Any HC3 virtual machine will replicate to any other HC3 target anywhere to which it has a route. That doesn't cost you anything extra. That's kind of the neat thing about scale is all features, functionalities, they're just built in. So it's like no a BDR built into your server. Yeah, into the individual nodes that comprise an HC3 cluster. Okay, so you can lose entire nodes, you can lose drives, things just keep going. You can already replicate those data sets between a cluster in site A and a cluster at site B or a cluster running up on Google. Um, that's all just built in. But from the advanced backup feature set, the deep integrations into the application layer space, the ability to do what backup truly means, which is get your data off platform, I wanted to pick the right partner, a partner that could write to any storage, whether it's the old SAN you've got sitting over in the corner or AWS taking advantage of you know, glaciers cheap and deep, um, whatever made sense for you there. And after several years and, and a lot of research and many discussions, we actually settled on working very specifically with Acronis. Now, Acronis, we gave them our entire API stack. They're happily, busily uh, coding native agentless backup for HC3. Okay? But we also took it the next step 
and arranged a, a very tight relationship with them such that we are actually OEMing their advanced backup product that includes their rent native ransomware uh, remediation capabilities that are just built in and doing it at a price point that makes sense for, again, our target market space. Now, we aren't out there trying to sweep VMware out of the hallowed halls of the Fortune 50. We're building a platform for everybody else and have been for most of a decade. That means that the pricing has to be right, the ease of use, etc., has to be right. That's what bringing Acronis to the table through us has given my customer base the ability to cost-effectively protect all their workloads, whether it's a little three-node cluster with a handful of virtual machines or some of my very largest implementations out there, uh, Del Hayes, a large grocery store chain in Europe with 6,000 grocery stores funny thing there every one of those stores acts like an smb though it's perfectly <laughs> right so okay. um with with a new partner if they sign up for you uh mm -hmm. what does that program look like so we guarantee their um their margin all right we do deal registration so that when they register a deal with us they are absolutely protected okay nobody else is going to get their discount absolutely um, we bring them through training, bring them up to speed on all the cool things that exist in the HC3 world and its extended ecosystem, whether it's VDI or MSP multi-tenant portals or um, you know, some of the cool stuff that uh, Acronis brings to the table with automated ransomware stopping and automated recovery, that sort of thing. Bring them all the way up to speed so that they are equipped to effectively take the HC3 message forward. Cool. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. So, that, yeah, I just want to make sure people know, uh, you know, I was trying to give people a sense of what's the advantage of working with you versus somebody else, right? And so when the people wake up in the morning, what are they looking for for which scale is the answer? Certainly. Now, virtualization has been around for quite a while. You know that. I mean, heck, right. it started life in the mainframe space, right? If you really look at what highly available virtualization was, you know, going back to the late 90s, it was essentially a, a science experiment. Could we take the concept from mainframes and bring it into the x86 space? And the way it was implemented from, call it 1999 all the way through to about 2010, showed that it started life as a science experiment in the x86 space. It really did because it was never a cohesively designed package. That's why you had to have guys from multiple technical disciplines to piece it all together, make it work, and unfortunately, it was hugely overpriced doing it that way. It put it out of the out, out of reach for a lot of the SMB world. Oh, well, the the prices were ridiculous. I I remember taking note of the fact that uh, after the attacks on 9/11. There were businesses that were up and operating uh, in New Jersey the next day, perhaps without employees, but it cost them millions of dollars to do that. And today oh, yeah. it's hundreds a month. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. the, the difference is d dramatic. So. <clears throat> oh, it, day and night. Well, 
you asked me very specifically, why would somebody look at scale versus somebody that's been doing virtualization for a while? Well, all those years ago, back in 2009, 2010, what we did is sat down and took a clean sheet of paper to how virtualization should have been done in the first place. And we built that very specifically so that you didn't need to be a VCP and a CCNE or a SNEA certified storage engineer. Or from a businessman's perspective, you didn't have to go buy those very expensive guys. That you literally could take a kid straight out of the local community college, still waving around his A-plus cert like he's the first human to ever get one, plop him down in front of an HC3 cluster, and within 15 minutes, he's creating virtual machines, doing live migrations, doing failovers, without needing any real extra training. And right. do it at a price point that site A, site B, have a primary and a DR site, replication, failover, and fail back between them for less money than it costs to do just one site small the old way. Cool. So you have uh, a new announcement. Uh, technology you just announced, it'll be, when this airs, it'll be two days ago. Absolutely. So, you, want to, so, you want to go live with that? <laughs> uh, you know what? Just for you, Carl, I will. All right. <laughs> One of the places that we have found over the last decade that really needed highly available, highly automated virtualization is something that we're now calling the edge space. You may hear that buzz term quite a bit these days. Well, what edge really is, is computing needs that take place outside the four walls of the data center. You know, in a data center, there's a lot of things you take for granted. Dual redundant legs of power, stable networking, um, adequate cooling and airflow, and you know, tons of tech people. But at your local chain coffee shop, at your local restaurant or grocery store, up on a power pole. Those things don't exist, but the need for highly available fault-tolerant computing that doesn't require a uh, IT nerd, if you will, that need exists too. So as of two days ago, once this, uh, once this airs, we will have launched the HE150 line, which brings efficiency to an entirely new level. It brings at a price point that starts at three grand for these edge implementations, or five grand, excuse me, for these edge implementations, an entire highly available cluster that can sit on a shelf and fit in your back pockets. <laughs> things based on things as small as the Intel NUC. And so what, that are what kinds of services does that provide? That gives you the ability to run modern virtual infrastructure at each one of those locations at a lower cost than what you'd get running just a single old school server while not needing any of the extra infrastructure that's required to support those old school servers. You don't need industrial strength switching capabilities. You don't need significant investments in power, heat, and cooling. These are things that can sit on a shelf under the cash register and power right. an entire infrastructure. There in it the is building. interesting how specialized we've gotten with computers where it's like, okay, if you don't need video, why even have a video card? <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. 
But what makes that HE150 really unique is it is the exact same stack that fits and powers everything else in our lines. We just built it so efficient that it can scale not just up and not just out, but down to a point. Down so if you have these deployed uh, around in an, an environment, Mm -hmm. uh, where is the redundancy? Is it does it go through the network to some central location, or is it on the device itself? Or? It's built into the devices themselves. A simple three-node cluster where every block of data any virtual machine writes is actually committed in parallel to two separate drives on two separate nodes. Both copies are used active-active. Any one of those HE150s dies, just arbitrarily goes up in smoke. Well, those little nodes, they're talking to each other in real time. They know what was running on the one that died. They've already got a full copy of his data between them. They simply move those workloads over and bring them back online in seconds right. without needing any extra intervention. Essentially, so, that's what autonomous HCI is all about. And is there a, like an extra backup on top of that? or? Absolutely. Any of those HC3 virtual machines running on the 150s will replicate on a, as frequently as you're scheduling at basis to any other HC3 target that you've got a network route to, okay? So what this does is completes the edge, fog, core, and cloud strategy that has been HC3 since the outset. One stack, one management layer that's essentially autonomous from the smallest of the small to the largest of the large and contiguous all the way through. I can shut down something at the edge and start it at the fog layer, shut it down at the fog, start it at the core, and then bounce it right back. All cool. just built in. And so how, do, how is this managed? It's all managed via SSL and HTML5 from anywhere that's got a browser and a route. Okay. okay. Simply put, standing up an HC3 cluster regardless of which cluster family you're talking about, it's probably the easiest thing you'll do in your IT career. <laughs> it is. Nodes out of the box into the rack, cable them up, give them IPs, and hit the go button. You're done. Point a browser at it. Right. That's literally all it takes. And so are most of these very specialized machines? Like, you know, you mentioned this, the store. So are they like cash registers or are they... Because, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that they don't all have a terabyte of storage on each device. Actually, up to two terabytes of NVMe-based flash on each but, individual but what's, node. What's the norm? Like, what, what, are okay. the, what does the average device so, do for a living? Sure. So, in that retail edge implementation, okay, you've got two or three different workloads that have to run at all times in the store. You, of course, have the interface back to cash registers and things of that nature. You've got interface into credit card processing. You've got interface into inventory control and time tracking. Those can run as virtual machines rather than dedicated back office machines shoehorned into a tiny space that the manager uses to come up with schedules, right? Right. Well, when you run those as a virtual machine, each of them, on an HC3 cluster, you suddenly have found yourself in a place where you can start taking advantage of things like smart thermostats, IoT devices, 
in the environment without having a heavy lift of infrastructure to support. Okay, You also find yourself in a, a place where historically if that one old PC in the back office died, everything was down until right. corporate could get something in there. Well, with this approach, one of the nodes in that cluster dies, pull it out, throw it away, stick in another one and hit the on button. You're done. But the whole time you were doing that, everything was still up and running, balanced across the other nodes. Lose any component anywhere at any time. Everything just keeps going at the price of a conventional server, slightly less. Right. Cool. So um, walk me through, what does it look like if someone gets ransomware? What what have you done to protect them and what does the, uh, the IT provider need to do to get the client back the way they're God intended. Sure, absolutely. So that was a huge part of, in addition to the native snapshot capability and ability to instantly pop up snapshot into production, etc. that was also a huge part of why we chose to partner with Acronis. You see, Acronis figured something out a few years back, and their thinking was much the same as ours. When you have a backup agent running in a machine, be it physical or virtual, right, you already are positioned to combat things like ransomware because that agent, it's already there in the kernel. It's able to start analyzing how a machine normally runs. You know, let's say, for example, you've got an old Windows 2008 machine with uh, SQL database running on it. It's been chugging along for a while. And suddenly you have a subdirectory structure that starts encrypting itself. Well, that's not normal. This thing's never encrypted itself. With Acronis in there on us, it observes that and says, whoa, that's not right. Kills the thread that's doing it and automatically rolls those encrypted files back from cache faster than a user can even see that something happened killing it before it kills you. Very cool. Yes, and the best part of that is that functionality doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just part of what comes with the Acronis side on HC3. So explain to me how anybody is not safe from ransomware because, you know, between when we record this and when it airs, there'll be a story of some major corporation or city government that got hit by ransomware and paid millions of dollars. So why, how, is, how is this still going on? Well, you know, that is a deep conversation right there. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the one you'll hear about in the news is only one of hundreds that'll happen between us recording it and well, that's being true. released. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Server workloads, regardless of which type, Windows, Linux, etc., plus all of the applications that, that have to run on them for business, they have security holes. They always have. Now, that's compounded and made worse by less than optimal configuration from systems administrators that really didn't know better at the time and haven't had a reason to go back and look since. Now, layer on top of that, every single one of your end users that, you know, checks email, gets an email that looks like it's got a link to the latest, greatest pre-release of the latest TV show everybody loves. And all it takes is one guy clicking on it. One. 
Right. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is there's your solution. There are other solutions. There are ways for people to be back in business almost uh-huh. instantaneously. Uh, so why is everybody not doing it? Why are you people know, not using the technology that is available to them? People are just now starting to get some sense of how damaging, how real of a threat this really is. They're starting to see things like over a weekend, 21 cities in Texas all taken down. Right. Starting to see things like, uh, oh, what sh- city of Baltimore? Taken down, refusing to pay the $74,000 ransom, only to find paying out millions that instead. <laughs> paying millions because they'd never actually backed up a bunch of their data. Hard to They're believe. starting to see that this is actually a real threat. And that's actually been a, a huge upsurge in scales business as we're talking to people. And we mentioned that capability just being built in. You know, if you get bored, do a quick Google search on two terms, two words, Acronis and WannaCry. Okay? <laughs> Hit video. You'll see it in action. Very cool stuff. Literally, they trip by hand. They trip a WannaCry infestation. And you see the agents in real time unencrypt it, walk it right back out. So that's pretty cool. So what does the average end user look like? Is it a, um, uh, a manufacturer? Is it a, a, I mean, it's not a lawyer's office. You know, like, who, who, who do I sell this to? You know, that's the funny thing. If you had asked me that question in 2010, 2011, I would have focused very exclusively on small SMB. Fast forward to today's world, and we're in almost every vertical you can think of, from gas and oil to government, state, local, even federal, um, from everything from movie theaters to grocery store chains to small local attorney's offices to museums. City of London, Royal Court of Bahrain, NATO. Okay? So we've expanded from those SMB roots without losing sight of them. Because quite frankly, when you build something that's cost-effective, easy enough so that the SMB user doesn't have to take his eye off the ball of his business to learn a specific piece of technology, you discover that you've built something that's applicable uh, across the board. And that's where we are today. And I assume when equipment gets old, it's as simple as you put in a, a new one, you move the VMs over and you start it up and you're done? Absolutely. That's been one of the core tenets of our platform since day one. We have that ability to mix and match hardware in a cluster. You might have started with a scale cluster back in 2011 that was based on old Xeon X3450 quad cores. Fast forward a couple of years, you might have added a node that had, oh, Sandy Bridge E5 2620 V1s. And fast forward a couple of years past that, added something with the latest, greatest uh, Pearly class or Cascade Lake. They all seamlessly work together. It's uh, very much like Lego bricks meet computing. <laughs> very cool. So, uh, all right, how do partners get a hold of you? Like, what's the best place to go and the best way to? The website is absolutely a fantastic place to start. We've got a fantastic partner community. 
um, with all the resources that our partners have needed. And we participate heavily in the communities. We even have our own user communities, the Scale Legion, where folks uh, share and, and, and trade tips, technologies, where we put out some you know, advanced tastes of new technologies as they're coming out, etc. All right, so that's scalecomputing.com. And you've got a blog at scalecomputing.com slash blog. So we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. Uh, Very cool. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Anything else you want to add that we haven't talked about yet? You know, I could pontificate for hours on everything (laughs) you can do with a scale cluster, but I wouldn't tear you apart with that just yet. Um, It's been great talking with you, Carl. And I look forward to talking with you again and sharing some of the latest, greatest stuff we're coming out with. Very cool. Well, thank you for your time today. I certainly appreciate it. And we will send folks to your website. Looking forward to it. Thank you again. This has been another SMB Community Podcast brought to you by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community. And you can contact us at smallbizthoughts.org. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.